actually musicians played a very important role uh, even in critiquing the king in the palaces. So whenever a king was wrong, they brought a musician who played, for instance, a one-stringed fiddle or an eight-stringed lyre uh, and sang metaphorically to communicate to, to the king that you did ABCD and FG XYZ, which negatively impacted the people. I'm Cole Simon, an intern at the Institute for the Humanities at the University of Michigan. And that was Dr. Charles Luanga, a composer, ethnomusicologist, and professor of musicology at the University of Michigan. His research examines how popular music in Uganda is used to foster public participation in politics. This week, Abdul Kazito was able to interview Dr. Luanga and learn how music is an integral part of discourse in Uganda. Now we ask, why should you care? So tell us, uh, for people who are not very familiar with ethnomusicology, what mm. it's about. So ethno is basically a study of, mm. mu of music in simple terms from a cultural perspective. The examination of what music tells us about the way of lives of people. Uh, how people conduct their lives through a musical lens. So, uh, you may listen to, for instance, uh, a song... Uh, that is contextualized uh, within a working environment. And that song is played during work, for instance. So that's ethnomusicology. So tell us first about uh, Ikumabo. So Ikumabo is a song by uh, Jackie Chandiru. Mm -hmm. uh, she's one of the music stars in Kampala. And uh, I am lucky to have interviewed her at Serena Hotel in 2015. Ikumabo is a song that features uh, in one of the chapters of my ethnomusicology dissertation uh, as that which... Uh, uh, constructs a sense of collectivity for the LGBT, for the emerging LGBT community in Uganda. Why so? Because uh, in the analysis that I that I actually do uh, in, 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 in the chapter and also uh, in the analysis that I've presented at some conferences at the Society for Ethnomusicology, uh, the African Studies Association, uh, and also papers I've read uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, I have noted that uh, the song abstracts gender and even sexuality. So ikumabo means somebody's going, but she's not using an, object, an, an adjective. Is that what it, it, it means, somebody's going, ikumabo? Yeah, he's gone, gone. So it's basically two people in a relationship, but it's breaking away. So the other partner in the relationship is going, go, going. In the meantime, she doesn't use any, uh, any chords in the music video to give us an idea, to give a viewer's idea that... She disgenders that, it. Yeah, she disgenders it. So we don't see in the music video anywhere that she's actually crying for a, a male partner. Or, no, 
a female partner. So, gender and even her own sexuality in the vi video is abstracted. And the LGBT people thought that that song was very inclusive. In contrast to many other songs of love, about love, that predominantly and, and commonly use adjectives. And the, in the music videos, you clearly see a man and woman dancing in most of those music videos. So you know the relationship is between a man and woman. But in uh, that video... Thereby, you know, reinforcing heter heteronormativity, you know, as the, the norm in the Ugandan society. But in Niku Mabo's video, those things are abstracted. Thereby rendering the song very inclusive. And what are the LGBT people looking for? Acceptance and the sense of in inclusivity in society. It, it, it was a song where they could see themselves inside the... Yes. Uh, like they could, you, you wrote about how they could uh, write narratives of themselves within the stories, that within was, the, story. the story of the song that it was talking about. Yes, exactly. So even though uh, there are two male partners, they could fit within that na narrative. Even though they are, you know, same-sex loving individuals, they could, they envisioned themselves fitting very comfortably in that narrative. You know, just by abstracting uh, the gender, avoiding norm, no, nouns, and then by avoiding any uh, visual clues in the music video. So how would you describe the importance of uh, your research to mm. undergraduates, to mm. musicians, to social, mm. to sociologists, to people who are trying to understand Uganda from mm. their perspective. Well, in the first place, Uganda offers a potent site of now talking about uh, the notion of diversity, uh, equity, inclusion. So any knowledge that emanates from Uganda is going to, going to contribute towards that mission because Uganda is constituted by about 42, about 60 maybe two ethnicities and each of each with um, their own cultural values. Uh, and so if, you know, I pursue scholarship in Uganda, it's going to contribute to an understanding of particular cultures in that country. But at the same time, it will also expand uh, the curriculum wherever I am teaching. Now I'm teaching at the University of Michigan and by good luck, by nature of my speciality as an Africanist, I offer classes that are counted as, you know, DEI, that offer diversity, equity and inclusion. Because they are dealing with phenomena from Africa, in particular Uganda, uh, which is also so diverse because of the multiple uh, ethnicities. But the other contribution also uh, of my scholarship, especially current scholarship in ethnomusicology, uh, which I'm engaged with and right now thinking about writing my book proposal uh, for a book in the next two, three, three probably years, uh, is how music has participated in transforming Uganda's public sphere into a participatory arena. So in the past, unfortunately, Uganda has had successful, uh, su successive military regimes. So at my age, we've never seen uh, any peaceful transition of power from one president to another. But regimes have come and gone uh, as a result of military coups.
and so is the case with the current regime which came into power uh, in 1986. And so formally, you could not criti cri criticize uh, uh, presidents because majority of these presidents, uh, apart from you know Kabaka Motesa, were explicitly dictators. And so if you criticize them, you would risk uh, being assassinated. So, musicians, by then, this doesn't mean that musicians at that point in time never criticized. Actually, musicians played a very important role uh, even in critiquing the king in the palaces. So, whenever a king was wrong, they brought a musician mm. who played, for instance, a one-stringed fiddle or an eight-stringed lyre uh, and sang metaphorically. To communicate to to the king that you did ABCD and FG XYZ, which negatively impacted the people, but this wasn't any direct confrontation, whichever in in whatever way, it was done metaphorically. So the message was usually hidden. And this was in Buganda Kingdom, in the courts, in the royal courts before oh. the king. Now, mm. when it came to these other political leaders mm. like uh, like Obote, who uh, uh, planned a military coup against uh, the late Kabaka Mutesa II, who was the first, who was the king of Buganda and then the first president mm. following uh, independence in 1962. Obote was so ruthless. Uh, and he was kind of a dictator. He was, you know, uh, he had served in the Kabaka's uh, government as a prime minister. But he still went ahead in 1966 and organized the coup against the king, and then he mounted himself as the president, mm. uh, only to be deposed <laughs> shortly by Idi Amin. Uh, so he went into exile, but then came back the second time. He mm. came back through a military coup. So that you would hear uh, in the history of Uganda, you would hear about Obote one and then Obote two because he served twice. And in the middle was Idi Amin. Uh, and then after that, uh, you know, so all these guys, Idi Amin, uh, Obote, one, Obote, two, were ruthless. They were, they were dictators. You couldn't even criticize the, you couldn't criticize them. Mm -hmm. And so the musicians were so metaphorical during those days do you in, have in any, terms of approach. Yeah. Yeah. An do you have an example of a song? Ah, of course, Sebaduka. Sebaduka was one of these ones mm. uh, that uh, that wrote some of those musics that uh, were very uh, critical uh, of dictatorship in Uganda. There was also Bas Dunia. Mm. 
And how would they, how would people react to the song? Uh those songs were not quite readily accessible they because they were using Deep Luganda. Deep Luganda is a notion that a scholar called David Peer, he's an ethnomusicologist, I think teaching at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, coined uh, basically to refer to uh, really advanced Luganda and its intricacies and attending features of implying uh, very difficult vocabularies. So that if you didn't know those vocabularies and, you know, uh, then you wouldn't have any access. You wouldn't have any idea to what people are singing about. The likes of Paul Cafelo was a master. Cafelo was a master of deep Luganda. So they concealed the critique. He could sing about... Uh, uh, a, a, a relationship between uh, a, a young woman and, and and man, but yet the song, in actual sense, means is talking about the president and their relationship with their wife or their relationship with the people they are leading. But interestingly, that has changed over time, and that's why, uh, especially starting with the early nineties, uh, when. Uh, media was liberalized um, and privatized so you had the rise of privatized radio stations, television stations you also had now studios coming in and those ones, those, those ones became important avenues for people to participate in democracy, to speak out uh, what is on their mind and to also be able to, to, to contribute to an understanding of who they are and what they want to be uh, to their leaders. So since then, we have seen a rise in you know those privatized uh, media outlets and also internet along the way, uh, and then the, the the private studios in that are housed in private houses gave an opportunity for young men and women to create music that is speaking to the powers that be. And so that's where my interest emanated from. I said, aha, uh -huh. now music is providing this interesting platform uh, that is transforming the Ugandan public sphere into a participatory arena. You may think that Bobby Wine, for instance, is singing freedom, 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 but he's participating in, 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 in critiquing uh, the lack of freedom, the lack of the freedom of assemblage, association, and uh, uh, to, you know. to the listeners who are not uh, familiar with Bobby Wine, tell us mm. who Bobby Wine is. So Bobby Wine mm. is, uh, he's, he's called, you know, his real names are Robert Chagulanyi Sentamu, a.k.a. Bobby Wine. Uh, he started his mu musical career in 2011. So, no, 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 sorry, 2001. Uh, I was so privileged to have taught him at Makere University when he pursued his associate in music, dance and drama. He majored in drama, but he still performed in music and he was taking music classes uh, as a music minor uh, and I, 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 I taught his I taught him music minor 
for two years. So Bobby Wine has always written songs that are very uh, 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 conscious and, and are creating songs that are creating senses of consciousness and awareness uh, uh, among the common people because he emerged from the ghetto, you know, Kampala ghettos. These are impoverished uh, neighborhoods uh, around Kampala city uh, as well as many other uh, 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 city areas. So he grew up from Kamocha. Uh, his dad was wealthier in terms of property, owned so much land. And then he, you know, Bobby Wine loved music and he started a music career in 2001, started singing about issues that affect the common people, you know, poverty, uh, disease, uh, uh, um, lack of employment among the youth and many other social issues that are greatly impacting Uganda society today. Mm. So it wasn't until actually 2000 that he, 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 he now uh, arose to prominency as a politician because that's when uh, a vacancy uh, showed up, uh, a vacancy for member of parliament for the Chadondo North, and he decided to contest as a result of uh, his discontent about uh, uh, the members of parliament not actually playing their role. And to, and uh, yeah. as a, a part of uh, his appeal to to being able to rise into like politics, mm. part of that uh, was the wasn't that uh, part of the fact that uh, his music broadly reached out to a very almost very silent group of people who are not part of politics in Uganda. That's right. That's right. Yes. And he had started from the very first song, hmm. Kagoma Kalubendera. Kagoma Kalubendera. Once it sounded, it's hard. But he's saying he using he's using a kagoma, a small drum, as an analogy, as an analogy. To say that even though it's sound, it, 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 even though it's small, but its sound is loud enough that it can be heard. So he's now foregrounding uh, music as a potent site of uh, active participation in talking, in del deliberations. And then later on, uh, in 2011, for instance, he comes up with Tugambire Kujenifar. Uh, which followed the uh, the unlawful uh, uh, expulsion of about 7,000 vendors from the streets of Kampala without providing an alternative space. Now, 7,000 people, vendors, were, you know, getting their livelihood <laughs> from Kampala streets. And his songs were reaching out to these people, so it was... Important. Oh, yes! Yeah. So he basically wrote... To Gambia, could Jennifer Akende Zobukambo? Jennifer, at that point in time, was Me, the meaning uh, we we tell, tell us Jennifer, Jennifer for us to to to, 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 to 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 reduce her anger on us yeah. because we also want to survive. We are here in the Kampala city to survive, to make a living because we have families to take care of. So the music is like the voice of the people. Absolutely. Yeah. So the music spoke to these guys. They even. Uh, but, but interestingly, in mm. that phrase, it's directed uh, specifically to 
That phrase mm. is directed to the president. Mm. Why so? Because Jennifer Musisi, who is, you know, acting in the capacity of director of the Kampala mm. Capital City Authority, is working uh, under, is working for the government, but the government is led by the president <laughs> of, of the nation. So he's saying to Gabi the Jennifer, Okay, claiming that that's what the vendors asked him to tell Jennifer Musisi, that she should reduce on her anger uh, against the, the vendors and actually let them continue working. Because many of those had, had actually thrived for a very long time on vending in Kampala. But it was so uh, interesting that uh, they hadn't provided uh, alternative spaces. They just told them, go. But going where? So, and that song actually played an important role in the protests that, you know, ensued thereafter and the action that Jennifer later on took. Because later on, they tried to provide spaces at Wandegea mm -hmm. where they had built a market, a new market. But unfortunately, those spaces were not affordable for these vendors. They were charging very high rent and they were trying to ask them to, you know, to, to take up those spaces. But at the same time, though, you know, the merchants who have shops in Kampala were happy about Jennifer's move because those merchants claimed that uh, vendors were selling the same product in the shops at, this, at a cheaper price. So the vendors were impeding them from, you know, uh, uh, from uh, getting profits in their businesses you know, merchants who own shops. So they sided with Jennifer Musisi. Mm. But shortly before that, you know, these vendors collected, you know, uh, uh, recollected into uh, a collectivity. And Tugambile Ku Jennifer became like their anthem of the vendors, Tugambile Ku Jennifer. They identified with that song. But after that song, Bobby Wine didn't stop. Now, he started... <laughs> writing these political songs that are cri criticizing Museveni's government. Uh, in the 2016 elections, you had, uh, uh, for instance, Dembe. You had Freedom. Uh, and many other political songs there. There was even uh, another political song by Muruana, uh, Adam Muruana, Toka Kwa Barabara, for Besije. Who was standing, Dr. Besija, who was standing against, you know, Museveni for the uh, for the fifth time, uh, so standing to become president. So, you know, by the time Bobby Wine stood 
for the position of member of parliament, mm. people knew him. People already connected his, um, and you know his his bid to become a member of parliament to the music and the work, the political advocacy he had already done through his music. What's the most interesting thing you found in your research? For me, one of the most interesting things in my research is the intricately intertwining nature of music and politics. Because now as we spoke, as, as we speak, mm. uh, pardon me, you cannot separate music uh, from politics. So oftentimes people, people used to think that, well, music is just, you know, something, uh, symbolic material for consuming in your free time as a form of entertainment. But music actually serves many other purposes beyond entertainment. In pre-colonial Uganda, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, the mothers were the teachers to their children. And they sat at the fireplace while the mom was cooking to teach, for instance, mathematics, counting, using music. Let me count. Uh, until 10. So these were songs uh, that were basically put into place to engage because music is also uh, a, a magnet. Uh, it is interesting to many people, find it interesting, and so it's also engaging. But at the same time, these women were using music to, uh, to achieve a different goal. For instance, to pass on uh, important uh, skills in society. When we went to village to work mm. in the gardens, for instance, we dug while singing because the rhythm of the music we are singing is going to help you, you know, provide a sense of motivation during the work. So that way, and in many other instances, music is inseparable from the way of the African life. Now, ladies and gentlemen, whatever you heard in this song are not the views of the artist, the studio, or the producer. These are views of the common people, the poor people, the suffering people, the ghetto people, the angry people. So please act accordingly to avoid another song of the same kind from another artist of the same mind. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with me today. You're welcome, Mr. Kizito. Uh, this was a very fantastic opportunity for me to talk about music uh, and politics and uh, how the two are actually inextricably intertwined, uh, especially in many emerging democracies like Uganda. Thank you so much. God bless you.